Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we're going back to the days of Red Rings and Spider-Man fonts. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I'm joined as I am always joined by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how's it going? It's going great, but I have a question for you, Patrick. Oh, here comes a question right out the gate. What do you do while you're brushing your teeth? What do I do while I'm brushing my teeth? Kind of nothing. I used to, back when I was a uh, Twitter-addled fool... uh, I would just scroll around on on, on Twitter Uh, while uh while brushing my teeth. but now I kind of like pace a little bit. Sometimes I walk into like the other room. Um, I'm not a stationary brusher. I'm not either. Yeah. Yeah. I can't I, just like stand in front of the sink. No. And that, that's what my, like, um, I, that's my husband's like preferred way to brush his teeth. Mm. He wants to be like over the sink, which I appreciate. It works well because, <laughs> because like you and as a, Is as he a, a sloppy pacer, brusher. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. As a, right. But as a fellow pacer, you mm-hmm. know that. 95% of the time, you're in the clear. No problems at all. You can pace to your heart's yeah, content. Yeah. 5% of the time, something goes wrong. Oh, there's a dribble. There's know, a cough. I don't know about that. What? I don't, I don't, I don't. Uh, you have 100% yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, toothpaste and spit to sink ratio. Yeah. No dribble. No dribble. Wow. I'm I mean, impressed. I, no, no, no dribble. No dribble. No, no, no. I'm, wow. I'm a very, I'm a. I do, do you, so I assume you have uh, what an insane assumption I'm making here. Do you have some kind of electric toothbrush, or do you? <laughs> oh, I don't. I, I don't. Oh, okay. I, I, I don't right. use an electric toothbrush. Yeah. Um. I uh during the like during lockdown and like the the uh, heyday of the pandemic, um, I got myself a Quip toothbrush. Oh, uh-huh. uh huh. So it does the. And this is not sponsored, and no ad, no free ads from uh, Nintendo Cartridge Society, but it does like. It does uh, 30 seconds, and then it buzz. It, it like, stops, and mm. then it, like, does 30 seconds again. So you do, like, the four quadrants of your mouth, and then it stops altogether. Yeah. Um, so, like, having that, like, every 30 seconds being engaged by the toothbrush is just enough for me to be, like, ah, I'm, like, locked in and, like, doing oh, this sure. the whole you can't, time. You don't get sloppy. I don't get sloppy. Your, your mouth is right. containing My mouth the is containing. Exactly. And after two minutes, I'm like, it's over, and now it's done. <laughs> I'm not going to like absentmindedly walk around the apartment for five <laughs> minutes. And then, yeah, get into some danger, probably, of, of dribbling out or you I, know, whatever. I, I mean, I've I just got to be honest. Me, two minutes, still in the danger zone. Okay. I'm like walking around. I'm doing things. I'm like bending Talking over, picking things up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Answering phone calls, <laughs> writing thank you cards. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. Occasionally, there's just uh, like again, most of the time, perfect. It's a dream. Sure, sure. But like five percent. One time in twenty. There's, yeah, it sounds there, like yeah. There's an and I'm uh, I'm in awe that that has never happened to you. I don't. I'm, I'm Your not, mouth retention, yeah. I think, is just really impressive. Is what I'm getting. Thank at. you. I've been. We've been recording this podcast together for six years, and I've been waiting for those words in that order <laughs> for most of that and time. You've never complimented my mouth retention, but now we know with good reason. Yeah, now we know that I shouldn't. 
Uh, if you would like to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash Nintendo Cartridge Society, where we, uh, we you, you can uh, support us with money if you uh, feel like that is something that you would like to do. We appreciate it when you do, but you certainly don't have to. Um, if you support us at the 8-bit or 16-bit levels, you get access to our monthly episodes of miniseries that we put out. We did one about uh, detective shows called NCS Detective Club. We are currently doing one called NCS Goes Broadway. The next show we're talking about is Les Mis. Yeah. Les Miserables. Super excited for that conversation. Mm-hmm. Me too. Also, if you are a member of the Patreon, you can vote to decide what the next miniseries will be. And that'll be coming up in just a couple of months here. We'll be uh, moving on to something else and you can help determine what that something else will be. So thank you to all of our current patrons. Thank you to all of our future patrons. And thank you also just uh, you know for listening to the show and supporting us in whatever way you deem appropriate. Um, you can also hop on our Discord which is where people are talking about Nintendo stuff all the time, you can email us at NintendoCartridgeSociety at gmail.com. And we will send you an invitation to the Discord, uh, and then you can get in there and chat to your heart's content. It is a great, fun place full of fun, interesting, and interested people. Um, So get in there. Uh, Also, you can check us out on last week's episode of the Reactivators podcast. That's right. Um, uh, maybe like a, a month or two ago, we had uh, Tyler Schnupp on our show to talk about um, the Street Fighter movie. Uh, and we went on Tyler's show to talk about Metroid Fusion. Fusion! Um, but be forewarned, there's actually not that much talk about Metroid Fusion. <laughs> it's a very silly show. Uh, Mark and I get a little uh, un- unglued in it, and it's, uh, it- it's a-, a very fun time. So check out the reactivators from last week. Um, Mark, are you ready to get into it? Are you ready to, well, I'm going to play the transition music and then I want, I want you to pitch what the the topic here is. Okay, perfect. Let's do it. I'm ready. Okay. So we are in a time of like Nintendo Switch releases where we're beginning to see these ports of PS3 and Xbox 360-era games making their way to Switch. And here we're specifically citing... Red Dead Redemption Redemption. came Mm -hmm. out last week. Right. And uh, in October, we have the Batman Arkham games. Right. And, uh, you know, we've in the past, we've had a handful of others, like uh, the um, Burnout Paradise from EA was a PlayStation 3-era game. Portal, the Portal Collection, uh, like that's uh, that has Portal Two in it, which is a PS3 era game. And this, like I, well, so th- I mean, th- so this is actually like because uh, uh, also uh, LA Confidential, um, yeah, that's that, true. That was within like the second year of the Switch's life. So like, it's not this isn't untapped uh, territory necessarily. Um, a lot of these games, Okami, uh, have already been like brought over. Um, to switch uh, throughout the course of the thing's lifespan, but it just seems like it's kind of bubbling up a little bit more right now. And Red Dead Redemption is such a big example of it, especially because they're not doing anything to it. Right. It's just like here, I, here I, it is. For the most part, yeah, yeah. Um, but it it also like sort of represents a uh, a ribbon of nostalgia that's like it feels for me because I'm forty years old too close. To be like true nostalgia, right? Like I only recently like I, I came to accept that like PlayStation Two era is uh, nostalgia. Like 
okay, fine. GameCube, that, yeah, sure, fine. That's all nostalgia. But the, like, the 360 PS3, like, that still feels, like, kind of current, even though I can look at a game like Batman Arkham Asylum and be like, oh, yeah, like, we've learned things about game design since then. Right. Yeah, and, you know, some of... Great game, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, uh, the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360, like, at least some of the games that I'll be talking about today came out, like, 15 years ago. Yeah. You know, we're right um, in between that 10-year nostalgia cycle and 20-year nostalgia cycle. And the 20-year nostalgia cycle is especially uh, hot and heavy, usually. Yes. So it will be it, so it'll be interesting to see what, like, more of these games uh, we see in the next 10 years. But I also feel like we're at this point in the Switch release schedule where these are standing out more because it's like why yeah why did why? it take so long why? for these to start showing up you know yeah well and and the the whole period is so strange cuz like PlayStation 3 because of the way that that thing was uh that like the system structure of that thing um it's it's cell processor and all this garbage made it a, a tough to develop for and b uh like tough to emulate going forward so like um there's not been backwards compatibility to PlayStation 3 games like ever and there won't be yeah. um and uh but on the flip side the you can play Xbox 360 games currently on whatever xbox you have right so like there are kind of parallel tracks here of like uh, these versions of games are wholly unaccessible in the playstation ecosystem wholly accessible in the xbox ecosystem and then occasionally popping up on the uh, nintendo ecosystem Uh, also this was a time that for me personally like i owned a wii and a ds and was playing a ton of both of those but also i was just doing a lot of playing video games in general so i owned a at the start of the generation a xbox 360 and i played a ton of xbox 360 games yeah yeah, yeah. i was super into call of duty i was super into you know like um fallout like there were uh uh, the most tapped in i think i've been into like the uh xbox and playstation um kind of like ecosystems yeah that was that era well and like sort of i I feel like at the beginning of the like playstation 4 generation you you were keyed into that yeah that's true yeah that definitely trickled uh over into the playstation 4 because i so i got my uh xbox 360 and then all of my friends got playstations and so i ended up with a playstation 3 at the end of the generation and then that turned into buying a playstation 4 and yeah i played PlayStation. right i since i didn't own a wii u like PlayStation 4 was my primary gaming console really until the Switch came out and yeah. we like yeah. really got into doing this show and then it's all kind of like shifted um to focusing almost entirely all my times on Nintendo now. Um and the, the, like the other thing that's sort of interesting about the uh you know for a Nintendo fan about the 360 um and uh PlayStation 3 era is that the gulf between what the Wii could do and what the competitors could do was and would do, right, was huge. Um, you know, like, the, uh, the this is uh, everyone else going into uh, high definition, into having, like, online storefronts that were, like, standard, that, like, every game you could buy digitally, um, and the Wii just not doing any of that, right? Yeah, not even, like, being interested. Right. Well, and the Wii doing things that the other platforms also weren't interested in, too. Like, um, you know, we always cite the, like, Nintendo's doing their own thing, but, like, this was th- the first time that that seemed intentional because um, that GameCube was, you know, 
it was different, but like kind of chasing the same dragons, right? Right. Um, so uh, th- there are a lot of games that were big in that third party games, especially that were big in that era, that just don't feel like they are part of Nintendo's core identity um, because they weren't when they originally came out. Yeah, a lot of these never, they weren't on the Nintendo hardware of the time. Yeah. Like the contemporary Nintendo hardware. And they've never been on Nintendo hardware since. So what we've done, right, is make a list of three to five PlayStation 3 slash Xbox 360 games that have not already been ported to the Nintendo Switch that we would like to see come to the Nintendo Switch. And uh, all third-party games. All third-party games. Yeah. Well, because, yes, uh, if if I were just like, you know, whatever, it would probably all be in Last of Us, Uncharted, Uncharted right, 2, Uncharted right, 3. Right. You know, um, those infamous games, all oh, those were good. Um, but no, that's not, we're, 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 we're like within the realm of realism um, as we do this. Mark, did you find any like patterns emerging or should we talk about the patterns that emerge as we reveal the games that that we brought for this exercise yeah i don't i the only uh pattern that i perceived while i was doing it was man there were a lot of xbox 360 and playstation 3 games that i really loved playing uh yeah 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 i mean i i almost had the opposite um i i know there were a, a lot of games that i liked playing but i i had like this moment of like and I'm fine with those experiences being back where they oh, were. Uh-huh. Um, you know, like I, I already alluded to uh, Batman Arkham Asylum. I love Arkham Asylum. I love Arkham City. I think those are great games. Um, and they are coming to Switch. And I'm like, why would I pick those up? <laughs> oh, I do feel that way about the Batman games. But I feel like uh, I think if most of the ones on my list came to the Switch, I would be interested in buying them. Um, I don't know if the same is true about my list. Yeah, I think uh, that's interesting. So, I think that'll yeah. be. I, but also, one thing I think is funny is like, uh, the m- three of my five are absolutely available on other platforms today. Like, I could probably get them for two bucks on Steam. Oh, uh, yes. you know what I mean. Yes, and oh, so it's like for sure. And you, probably all of these you could play on your Xbox right now. Right. Yeah. Through, yeah. Through exactly. Backwards compatibility. So it's not. Yeah. So like. I am a actually one of these no one, yeah, uh, one uh, of mine no I one think of, yes. I think maybe two of mine no uh, one for sure no but um maybe also two of mine no one but of, it, but in general mm. it's like this is not me complaining that I that these games are inaccessible in any way right, because right, right. I know that I could play these easily if I like put in the effort um right. but that's not what this exercise is which is also like doing something like this and being like oh yeah you can just play this on Xbox um really like throws into like harsh relief that like no Nintendo should be doing way better at uh, yeah. uh you know facilitating like back if not backwards compatibility then just like yeah put those put some GameCubes up on <laughs> on the eShop who cares just let us buy them I yeah I totally agree it totally it also just reinforces that like next generation's got to be fully backwards it's, compatible which is it, it has to be yeah. there's no way if I can't bring my Switch library onto whatever comes next I'll complain about it <laughs> and buy everything again. Slowly over the course of time, subscribing uh-huh. to some sort of service. Uh, Mark, I'm going to go first. Yeah, please do. Um, because I'm going to start by doing a, a game that released as an Xbox 360 exclusive. 
that would later come to just about every platform, including in some form to the Wii. I'm referring, Mark, of course, to Dead Rising. I love it. It's on my list, too. Okay, great. Yeah. I figured it might be because we have shared uh, our, our affection for Dead Rising. Um, this is a game that came out originally in 2006, the very uh, like early days of HD gaming. I remember uh, my friend Alex putting it up on uh, my TV. I was one of the few people who had a uh, like high-definition widescreen TV. Um, and he was like, oh, cool. I could actually read the text on the screen. I couldn't read it before. So <laughs> we are trying to watch it. We are trying to play the game on like a CRT TV, and it was all just got like squished and it was too small. Um, but Dead Rising... Uh, is a, a bizarrely effective open world game that takes place in a mall. You play as photojournalist Frank West over the course of three days um, that take place in not real time, but like, you know, I, I think every hour is like 15 minutes or something like that. So like pretty, I mean, you, you know, not, not, not genuinely real time, but uh, it is a, 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 a scarily open open world game uh, where you are rescuing people and uh, there are zombies in this mall. Um, and that's kind of it. Like you just got to figure out your priorities, how to get things done in certain amounts of time, uh, how to not get killed by the psychopaths. Everything is a weapon. You can go into like, you know, the Reebok store and like get new shoes. You can uh, go into uh, a bookstore and learn new skills from reading books. Um, it It's truly like, the open world of the Willamette County Mall um, is so compelling to me because it feels like you're running around a mall. It is the shopping center that I probably know the best because um, I've run around it way more than any other mall I've ever been to. Yeah, I I, I really love this game. It's been years since I've played it. And uh, so I have you. how many of the other games in the franchise have you played? I've only played Dead, Dead Rising 2. Uh, I dabbled in 2, but like... One is the only one that I've uh, like beaten or even sunk any uh, actual time into because um, one is so unique. Like as you know, in two they started immediately to kind of like make it more approachable. Is not the right word because I think Dead Rising is approachable. Yeah, but Dead Rising is a game that like you are not gonna, you're just not going to be able to do everything in one go. Like uh, until you like max until, until you understand the, all the ever all the underworking systems. Yeah, you're not gonna be able to do it on your first go. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna have to like replay it if you want to to like really understand it because everything is timed. And so if you like want that to, clock never stops. And it never it's stops. Nuts. So, so if you want to like uh, rescue this person, that means that you have that you have to take the time to do that. And that may mean that you're not able to do this other thing, like go to this boss right. who is only there for a certain amount of time, or you know, like there's all these different and um, the game doesn't the game doesn't mind either, like locking you out of like oh if you miss this like story beat because you're not over there, then it just doesn't happen, and like you can play out the rest of the uh, couple days um, until like the military comes to bomb the the mall, <laughs> um, but like. Uh, and you can still get people like out, um, but it's uh, yeah, like you can genuinely just like stop progression in different uh, story elements. It's very cool. It is. It is really cool. And there's never, you know, there's been sequels to the game, but there's never been a game like the first Dead Rising. Yeah. Also, for its time, like there were so many zombies on the screen. So many zombies it, on the screen. Yes. And, and Patrick talked about it uh, in his intro to the game. Chop till you drop, chop, baby. Yeah. So it was a Wii 
version. It wasn't a port, really. It was like a Wii version yeah. that was running on the Resident Evil 4 Wii engine. Right, and as such, and, you know, was, uh, so therefore using, like, pointer controls for, like, gunplay, and as such really leaned into the gunplay. Um, there was more ammo for guns. The original game, like, your weapons are mostly, like, uh, baseball bats and chainsaws and stuff. Um, there are guns, but they were just, like, hard to use um, and not a lot of bullets. Um, so, like, that was one change, and then, you know, Mark alluded to the, uh, the number of zombies on screen. Uh, guess what you weren't getting on the Wii? is a large number of zombies on screen. Yeah. And, you know, I, I have some fondness for those weird attempts to get these, like, yes. uh, franchises. Because uh, there's another one on my list that also had its, like, own weird attempt awesome. to get onto the Wii. <laughs> uh -huh. um, but, uh, yeah, definitely not the same game. And I just think this would be so fun to play in handheld mode. I think so, too. To I be, mean, yes. Like, uh, yeah. And so I, I would love to see... And I know the series... Uh, at least for a while, was like an Xbox exclusive. I don't think that's necessarily. I don't think that's true anymore. I think all the games eventually ended up multi-platform. Yeah, but. I mean, I think it's possible. Like the most recent one was an Xbox exclusive as well. That like that's uh, you know, Capcom sort of has it set aside for. Did we mention already that this is a Capcom game? I'm not sure if we did. Um, it was based on the Resident Evil uh, Four uh, engine, so yeah, it's we could it could have been implied. Um, but. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's definitely been on PlayStation platforms before, and like we said, Wii. So, um, yeah, it it seems like not impossible. Uh, I also think Dead Rising does uh a very good job of landing on a tone that is neither too goofy nor too serious. Future games in the franchise would kind of go the way of Zombie Land. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like, isn't it crazy? Isn't it funny? Isn't it ridiculous how many zombies you're killing? The zombies always felt like a threat in the original Dead Rising. Even though you could plow through like a, a whole crowd of them, it just felt like there were stakes to it. Even though Frank West is like a doof. Right, uh, right. And like has some, you know, it's just, he's, he's a doofus. Um, but he's like lovable and fun and like, I don't know. I just I th I think the tone is really smart and really unique, um, almost threading the same needle that like Resident Evil could do for for a long time until they like tip over too much into like the scary direction or too much into the campy direction. It just it's just so good and dialed in. Yeah, yeah. What a remarkable game. Um, and I would love to see it just like you. I would love to see it come to Switch. Isn't it wild that there are so many sequels to Dead Rising and like. We've just, like, never been taken by any of them. And I feel like, culturally, uh, I've not heard much about the, the rest of them. Yeah, you know, I, I had a lot of fun. I remember having a lot of fun with uh, Dead Rising 2 when it came out. Um, but it just doesn't have... I think it just became kind of, like, samey. And yeah. there was there's something about being, like, the first. It was such a showcase for what the 360 totally. or, yes. like... Um, uh, and just H do. HD gaming in general, exactly, yeah. and like so many characters on screen, and it's just so it's so weird. It's such a weird, like you said, uh, uh, perfectly balanced between being really like funny, but also taking like the threats seriously. Um, it's really inventive, and yep. as it's kind of like lost those things to make it more, I think, like commercial to make you know, like yeah, um, to make it more appealing to the masses. I think it just became more generic it lost the thing that made it so interesting i think part of what made the game so funny or what like helped uh achieve like that side of the tone 
um, is that uh, things that the player could choose to do, right? Like, um, you could play the game where, like, your weapons are all, like, guns and chainsaws and axes. Or you could go to the toy store and you could get, like, a, a Mega Man, like, Mega Buster that shoots Nerf balls. And they don't deal much damage. Right. But, like, you can do it if you want. Also, you can heal yourself by by drinking a jug of orange <laughs> juice, which he does in one gulp and then wipes his mouth with the with a sleeve. Like it's all things that the player chooses to do that makes the game ridiculous. I also think that the game isn't really like judgmental. Like no. if if you choose to not rescue survivors, it doesn't like, care. It yeah. affects like the story, like the outcome of it, but not in a way where it's like punishing you yeah. for like making that choice. You know, and I, I feel like it's really it's really good in that way. Yeah, that's just interesting. Letting you have the experience that like you want to have and not like like yeah you get locked out of content but you know it's not uh i don't feel like you feel like you have less of an experience you just feel like you have a unique experience yeah and it's also like not nihilist about it either right, right. um yeah. that's not like uh the characters in game are never going to be like well for you know forget them they're like you know like it's it's all um it all feels like real and like you're genuinely choosing what you value uh to do with your time in that game, yeah, really a, a remarkable balance. It really game. is. Yeah. Ooh, makes me want to makes me want to play it. Wish it came to not Switch. Not until it comes to Switch. <laughs> well, I... that's not part of this, right? Is that we're not like making a pact to not play these games? <laughs> no, no, it's okay, not. Okay. Because <laughs> um, someday I'm gonna get an Xbox, and all of these are backwards compatible on You've there. You've been threatening that for a while, <laughs> and I will continue okay. to do so. Um, you know what? I'm going to keep us in the dead space. Uh, literally, I guess, because Dead Space? my, my <laughs> pick is um, Dead Space, the yeah. 2008 survival horror game. Um, for, uh, oh, man, I'm embarrassed. I'm blinking on the studio that developed it. They don't exist anymore, I don't think, but published by EA in 2008. And I... And recently remade. Yeah, that's right, in January of this year. And... Um, I haven't had I haven't visceral games visceral games yeah so I haven't played the remake although I'd be interested in it someday when I pick up this mythical Xbox but um I really wish the original Dead Space and I've played Dead Space 2 and I really like Dead Space 2 I have not played Dead Space 3 I feel like it doesn't have a very good reputation but I'm interested they, in checking it out did they all trend more actiony as they go on right and I think the third one is co-op i want to say but i really i can't remember for sure mm. um but th the first two are great but if i had to choose one i would choose the first one to go back to i loved dead space it was yeah. the perfect like um i kind of like let's take what we liked about resident evil 4 and put it in space type you know like game it absolutely took the crown that resident evil dropped on the ground yeah, it was just because Resident Evil was going in a different direction with, mm -hmm. in this generation, right? Like, 5, it did have co-op and just became more action-y. 6 took it all the way. This was more, like, Dead Space was more focused on uh, the isolation, the you don't have a lot of ammo. Um, the enemies were really, like, uh, scary and cool. And one of the big um, kind of, like, features of the game is this idea that, you know, the enemy, a lot of the enemies have, like, lots of limbs, and you had this really precise, like, laser gun type thing where you could just, like, slice off their limbs, and that would affect how they could, like, attack you or approach you. Ooh. But the game is also just, like, it has such a good sense of atmosphere. 
The story is interesting. Mm-hmm. Dead Space is just really good, and I wish I could play it. It's another one. Be great to play portably. I wish I could play it on Switch. It is weird that, and I guess they just don't want to like confuse the market, because uh, like even was Dead Space the uh, remake called Dead Space Remake or was it just called Dead Space? I think again? it was just called Dead Space. But yeah, I'm so they're just sure. trying to like replace it in the marketplace. But but it's but uh, that being said, like I don't think it would have confused people if it was like the remake is going on these platforms, right? And we're getting like Switch. We're also releasing the original game. You know, like yeah, we're bringing yeah, yeah. it to other platforms, or sometimes they Dead Space Classic. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I would buy it. This is another one that had a strange Wii spinoff. So Extraction is Dead Space Extraction, yeah. which was an on rails shooter. Mark, are we ill in that we know the names of these Wii spinoffs <laughs> off the top? I of bought our them. <laughs> I bought them. Uh, so I remember playing Dead Space Extraction, um, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, so it was another one where they were like, you know, we obviously, they didn't even try a chop chop till you drop type uh, version of it. Yeah. Where they tried to like bring the experience of uh, Dead Rising to the Wii. This was just kind of like, it's set in the Dead Rising world. You'll have the same sort of like enemies and that sort of thing, but it's an on-rail shooter. Yeah. Just like the Umbrella Chronicles games yeah. on the, uh, uh, for the Resident Evil games on we that were just light gun games basically yep. yeah yeah exactly um yeah I, I have you ever played dead space no never never I, played dead space i, I think I, you would really really like it i'm sure that i would i have uh, i've watched my so uh the, for me like uh the, the point in my life where uh these systems were around was when i was living in chicago um so i had a playstation 3 and uh my roommates had a xbox 360 um uh, and I also had a Wii, so we like had access to everything. We were gaming omnivores at this time, um, but it meant that I spent a ton of time watching my roommates play video games. So I took in a lot of uh, a lot of Dead Space, a lot of uh, uh, Halo during this time. Um, so yeah, I'm uh, I, I feel almost better versed in especially the Xbox side of of the library here um, as a viewer than as a as a player. Um, Dead Space is a great pick. Um, I'm going to do the most me thing possible here. And for my next pick, I'm going to pick Street Fighter 4, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, Street Fighter Cross Tekken, and Street Fighter 3 Third Strike Online Edition. I'm letting you add that to the to the notes because <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know where to begin. I'll but copy, I, but I'll I'll copy and paste all yeah, of mine I love in, it. There, I love in, it. in there later. Um, so at, at first I was just like, well, I got it. The Street Fighter 4 was actually the first game that I thought of when we were uh, doing this exercise. Sorry, sorry. This is all yeah. one pick, right? This is all one pick. <laughs> okay, okay. And if you'll notice, I have now in my first two picks uh, done five Capcom games. <laughs> <laughs> this is the trend that I noticed. Um, but yeah, th- these are these are all, I'm just putting these all under one category of uh, Capcom fighting games that were ripping at the time. Um, I had given myself a, uh, a sort of forced hiatus from video games uh, because I was just spending too much time like thinking about them um and it was as i was like trying to while living in chicago um where i was like i need to like train myself into like how to be a writer and so i was doing a lot of like writing spec scripts just for like practice um and uh was like okay you know i'm i i can't really be as disciplined as i want to be if i've got video games in my life um and so i cut them out for a while and for a while i mean maybe like four months right um uh, but the thing that I was like, 
I simply cannot not play this was Street Fighter Four. Um, it was coming out, and I was just like, "That's it. I'm 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 back on the 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 habit is back and fully engaged." Um, and I loved Street Fighter Four. Um, it it was you know it'd been like uh, kind of a while since I'd been actively engaging in fighting games, and this reignited my uh, love for them. Um, which carried on directly to uh, Ultimate Marvel versus Cap or Marvel versus Capcom three, which is later re-released as Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom three, which had. Which, I mean, it's insane to me that they they put out one uh, Marvel versus Capcom game since then, um, but it was sort of a bust. They didn't have any of the X Men in it, which like Wolverine, as far as I'm concerned, is like you need to have Wolverine in Marvel versus Capcom. The games don't make sense without him. He's one of, it's like him and Ryu, like you need them both. Um, anyway, uh, great roster on both of those games. Street Fighter Cross Tekken was a bonkers concept. Um, and then uh, Street Fighter 3 Third Strike Online Edition was like a way to actively and effectively play Street Fighter Third Strike online for the first time ever. Um, you can kind of do it now in the Street Fighter uh, like anniversary collection or whatever it's called. Um, but uh, the online edition had all these great training tools um, for each of the characters and for just like the uh, the game system in general um, and like little challenges for you to do. Like it was just such a good representation of that game. There was uh like one and you know it would it would just like set up discrete challenges and you would have to do them. And one of them is to recreate that moment from Evo of uh parrying uh Chun Li's ultimate attack and then countering with uh uh with uh Ken's ultimate attack. Um these are just great versions of fighters uh on the system and Street Fighter 4 can obviously be played in other places, um, as can uh, Ult uh, Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom 3. Those made sort of the, the leap to the uh, PlayStation 4, which means you can play them now uh, anywhere. But Street Fighter Cross Tekken, I believe, is uh, orphaned on the uh, PS3, and definitely Street Fighter 3 Third Strike um, Online Edition uh, simply can't be played anywhere now. And, you know, it never came out, but I remember part of the... Uh just the excitement around Street Fighter Cross Tekken was that there was also supposed to be a Tekken Cross Street Fighter. Yes. Like, so, yeah, Street Fighter Cross Tekken was a Street Fighter game with some Tekken concepts. Tekken Cross Street Fighter would have been a Tekken game with some Street Fighter characters Which is concepts. such a fun idea. So fun. Uh, and weird that they, they never followed through on it. I guess I don't know if uh, Street Fighter Cross Tekken was like commercially successful. Yeah, I have no idea either. I also remember when Street Fighter 4 cuz you know, uh, I'm not super tapped into fighting games have never been, but I remember when Street Fighter 4 was announced because it had been a decade since Street Fighter 3. Yeah, so it'd like been a long it time. was it had been a long time. People still love Street Fighter 2 and mm -hmm. Street Fighter 4 looked awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. One is is sort of like you know, uh, Street Fighter 3, people eventually came around on, and people are always sort of, like, softly supporting the Street Fighter Alpha series, but 4 was like, oh, it's back, right? Um, and that's sort of when, like, it sort of reclaimed its prominence at, like, Evo and, like, fighting game tournaments and stuff. Um, and then, like, the Street Fighter 4 was so good that it took, and Street Fighter 5 was so, like, clumsy out the gate that, like, 
Street Fighter 4 remained the base Street Fighter for a long time, like two or three years after Street Fighter 5 came out. Uh, and seemingly all of that has been now uh, undone by Street Fighter 6 being like a, a polished, wonderful package. But like, I just don't want Street Fighter 4 to go away. Yeah, that oh, man, Street Fighter 4 was a big deal and it sold really well. There was even a, wasn't there a 3DS version of Street Fighter yeah. 4? Yeah, I think there was. I mean, but, th there was a Vita version of Street Fighter Cross Tekken. So like, I don't know what any of this means. <laughs> I love the idea of like uh, having all of these fighting games as one pick because... Uh, Capcom loves bundling fighting games together on Switch. Yes. So that oh my would God. be that would be awesome to see them do something like that. Yeah. I just I just want them back. Or if they want to do uh, Marvel versus Capcom four, or maybe they would have to call it five now. Whatever. Uh, just just you know, give me Storm, give me Magneto, <laughs> give me just make sure the X Men are in it. That's all I need. <laughs> uh, great pick. Um, my next pick is a game that. Um, you can play most of the Final Fantasy games on Switch now. Sure can. But you cannot play Final Fantasy 13. No. And it's hard to play Final Fantasy 13 anywhere. And... Is it available on Xbox? I don't know that it is. Um, maybe through backwards compatibility? Was it on... I'm 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 ch I'm checking right now. Final uh, Fantasy 13. So when Final Fantasy 13 came out, I had already like I had a PlayStation 3 at the time, and I remember uh, me and my friend were really excited for it, and I did not love Final Fantasy 13, but boy, what do I love the idea of being able to revisit it and kind of like reevaluate it. Yeah. It, it it was on Xbox 360, so presumably it is playable on uh, in the Xbox uh, platform. And I know that they did a PC port in like 2014, and mm -hmm. apparently it doesn't run all that well. Um, and so maybe that's why we haven't seen it ported other places like Switch. But um, you know, I feel like a lot of times, uh, kind of like you know, you listen to an album from a new album from your favorite band, and sometimes it doesn't click immediately. It's not as good as the hits from before, but then you revisit it a couple of years later or whatever, and you're like, oh, actually, there's a lot to enjoy here. Well, there's also the the phenomenon, and this is definitely true in games, where you're like, oh, this is just what the band sounds like now. Mm -hmm. And when that's what the band sounds like now, it can feel like a bummer. But if it's like, no, this is just what they sound like for this period, then you can even go back and appreciate it as like, okay, now this is like, this is their experiment or whatever. Yes. And games, especially Final Fantasies, like benefit from this sort of like retrospective going back to them and being like, oh, this isn't Final Fantasy forever now. This is Final Fantasy 13. Yes. And it is, there is so much, I, I, you're a hundred percent right because there is a lot of that when you're in it, when you're in the middle of it. I mean, Nintendo's Wii U era, right? When you're in the middle of it, totally. you're like, oh, God, what is happening? Right. But then they it changes again, and you can look back on that era and uh, view it in historical context and appreciate it more for what it is rather than what it isn't. And I want that opportunity with yes. Final Fantasy thirteen, And it's and another it's one. I and just want to play portably. And it's sequels, frankly. There are three... Which I've never touched. Me neither. Uh, I've, I've actually never touched any Final Fantasy XIII at all. Um, but, yeah. I mean, like, there are three of those games. Um, and, like, Square Enix doesn't show that kind of commitment to any other... <laughs> well, Final Fantasy VII. Uh, VII notwithstanding. Um, but the, these are, like, three games that are, like, all 
they they're not even like spin-offs. They're just like here's Final Fantasy three, here's or thirteen, here's Final Fantasy thirteen part two, here's part three. I know they have different names. Yeah, like Lightning Returns. Lightning or Returns. Yeah, is that the third one? Maybe. I'm not sure. I think thirteen two and then thirteen Lightning Returns. Yeah. And then uh, Final Fantasy fifteen started off as like a spin-off of. That's right, because 13. Final Fantasy thirteen was supposed to be like. A whole thing. Right. And it seems like it was, right? I mean, three games is a lot. But I think, the, or I feel like those spun out of necessity, mm. where, because we talked about last week um, with the Pokemon company and Game Freak, how, you know, like, uh, Game Freak is now struggling with the transition yeah, to yeah, HD, yeah. and other companies had to do that two generations ago. And the Final Fantasy 13 was emblematic of Square Enix's totally. struggle to get into HD development. And so I feel like after uh, kind of the other, you know, like the Final Fantasy 13 versus or whatever was going Final to be Final Fantasy versus 13. Yeah, before it turned into yeah. Final Fantasy 15, like that kind of like got into development hell. We didn't get a Kingdom Hearts for a while. And all, and, but oh, they yeah. had to pump out something and they already had the engine and everything. So they and just characters. put it back out. So, yeah. I, you know, and I think they were moderately successful, but I do think some of it was just out of necessity and not necessarily a deep, like, love for the world of Final Fantasy XIII. But I think it would be, wouldn't, it would be a huge pop. Final Fantasy Thirteen trilogy available on Switch. Like, yeah. and therefore, uh, like, uh, I guess there's still 15 and 16 that wouldn't be on there. And or 14, 14 and 11. Yeah, yeah. But, but, yeah. but to your point, yes, like all of the non-MMO or like, right. you know, whatever. I do think, I think it would be momentous if 13 made it to Switch. And I would like to see that happen because I would like an opportunity to reevaluate it. Uh, yeah, great pick. Uh, and one that I would genuinely love to play. Like get my hands on it and, and, and play a little bit. And of. hey, maybe... Still wouldn't be that good. Maybe it wouldn't be that good. Totally possible. But look, if there's anything that I love in this world, Mark, it's having Final Fantasy games on my Switch that I'm never going to play. <laughs> <laughs> For my next pick, we've been doing a lot of like uh, uh, Capcom, Square Enix, Visceral, as published by EA, big gaming companies. My next pick is going to be Braid. Game from uh, indie developer Jonathan Blow, who, like, uh, Braid was the game that sort of, like, brought him to prominence. Um, and w- The Witness is the game that, like, made him a, like, legend, I, I-, I would say. Um, Witness, a-, a game that, like, a, a first-person puzzle game um, from, like, the PlayStation 4, uh, Xbox uh, One era, um, which was all about, like, seeing puzzles in the world, doing the puzzles, realizing the world is also a puzzle. Um, and Braid is a much simpler concept than this uh, that he does that they do so much with. Um, It is a uh, 2D side-scrolling platformer where you have the ability to reverse time. Um, And that's it. Uh, And the way that all of the uh, puzzles are solved by uh, different things that can't be reversed through time uh, or you know, whatever, um, just really using this mechanic to its utmost and then also weaving a narrative through it that is um, sort of half your experience playing the game and half, and I don't want to like spoil exactly, so uh, forgive the cryptic language here, Um, uh, and like half uh, like reading passages from books about like this character's life. I don't know. It's just a, it's a really special experience. The art is amazing. The music is incredible. Um, and it's just, it's a real, 
it's one of those games where like you walk into a new screen and you're like, I am never gonna figure out how to do this. And it's a two D platformer. Yeah, that's right, two D platformer. Um, and you can just rewind time to like fix stuff, and it's just it's a, a perfect little game. It's also, and this is, uh, I'm gonna be pithy, yes. but it, it's uh, not meant to like denigrate the game in any way. But it was also like the first big sad indie game absolutely yes like which now is like you know um, it's a genre it's That's, a genre where yeah. you're like ah, oh, yes i'm playing this puzzle game that is actually about depression right you know but uh this was kind of this was when indie games were first becoming commercial you had like you know the xbox live arcade yep. um and so to have like an indie game like this that took the kind of like 2d platforming mechanics and did something more with it not just uh gameplay wise but with emotional storytelling yeah. was really unique and made it very special for the time. Yeah. And, you know, like, obviously we would see so many other uh, examples of this kind of thing. And even if it's not just like making it sad, you know, like your limbos or what have you, uh, or like uh, the meat boy games, you know, like turning it into a like intense, like gauntlet of platforming challenge. Um, but like braid really was the sort of standard bearer for this for a while. Uh, just getting out there in, in front and being like, yeah, doing something new with like a classic kind of game. Man, I I played Braid when it came out, and I have not played it since then. Man, I haven't thought about that game for a long time. It is kind of crazy for as much of a uh, event as it turned out to be that it's not on more platforms. It's probably yeah, on like Steam. It's got to be on Steam, I'm yeah. sure. Um, but yeah, and in, in some ways, it's I do think it's kind of memory hold just because like it 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 started something, but then like there have been so many kind of examples of also i we i can't really speak to it but i feel like there was something with jonathan blow where uh yeah. but i but i don't know what it was yeah so I, I just mean, point I, it out there i guess i think he's just like a, a jerk a prickly pear yeah, yeah that's i i think I, I like i don't think there are like any accusations or anything i think he's just yeah kind of kind of a jerk um uh which comes through in the game like fr <laughs> frankly like it, it comes through in in, in braid uh, a, a little bit I have a, uh, a a memory of when I moved out to Los Angeles, um, I drove out ahead uh, with my brother um, to find an apartment while Sarah finished up like her last couple weeks at work. Um, and I, I found us an apartment. And like, again, I drove out here uh, and all I had in the car with me was like a suitcase, uh, like a cooler um, and a, a TV and the PlayStation 3. <laughs> um, and I remember uh, getting my apartment on Gramercy, the one that we lived in for several years, uh, and having no furniture um, except for this cooler and the TV and the PlayStation 3, and uh, knowing no one in Los Angeles, and uh, my brother had left in the morning, and Sarah was going to come in the next day. So I had a day wholly to myself with no purpose, no direction, no friends, <laughs> nothing, um, but this empty apartment. And uh, I started Braid over from the beginning and played through the whole game. And, like, that was my day. Wow. Um, that was my, like, sort of day in limbo um, uh, was spent playing Braid. And so I'll always associate that with that. Man. That's a great pick. That is a great pick. Thank you. Um, for my next pick, I am going to choose a game that was released on the PlayStation 3 exclusively, I believe, and Ooh. has never been released anywhere since, which is a little bit of a shame, and I think it would be really cool to see it on Switch, and that's 3D Dot Game Heroes uh, uh, yes. from was, 2010. Was this not published by Sony? 
No, it was published by um, From Software in Japan. Oh, wow. And in the U.S., I don't think it was published by Sony. I think it was published by... Tell you what, Mark, even if it was, I'm not going to invalidate the pick. <laughs> I apologize for uh, for attempting to. No, um, uh, Atlas. That's who published ah, it in the, cool. U- in the U.S. Um, so 3D Dot Game Heroes is a kind of like a... Uh, it's like a celebration to old Zelda. Um, in and a lot also of ways. new Zelda, kind of. Yeah. It's also 3D. It, it's, I mean, it's... Dot. It, it's like... Uh, game Heroes. <laughs> it, like, um, it, it came out around the same time that uh, Minecraft was first emerging. And it looks not dissimilar yeah. to Minecraft. So, imagine, like, the world of Zelda, like, the original Legend of Zelda, um, done in Minecraft graphics, kind of, and that's basically what 3D Dot Game Heroes is. And it it's not a remake of the original Zelda. It's a new it's a new game that plays very much like the original Zelda, except like uh, you know, when your sword is fully powered up, it becomes it's enormous. Like it literally takes up the entire game screen <laughs> and you can do just kind of like a clearing motion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, like uh like you have like blocks exploding and all that kind of stuff. But it's just it's uh it's not an amazing game. It's not, you know, like uh the best game you've ever played, but it is so rare for us to get um these like ice uh top down Zelda view games anymore. And, uh, I mean, it was rare then. It's even more rare now. And uh, it's just, it's a, it's a good out, time. Especially outside of the indie space. Also, it doesn't take, oh, yeah, totally. Also, it doesn't take itself super seriously. Mm-hmm. So, the loading screens have, like, jokes on them. There's actually a lot of in-jokes to, like, Nintendo games within oh, this. Fun. You know, like, being kind of, like, oblique since they can't call it out directly. Um, but 3D Dot Game Heroes, it's, I, I wish it was playable on... Uh, the Switch, again, it'd be super fun portably, but it'd also just be fun to experience again, especially since we don't know when the next time we're going to get a uh, Zelda game of this ilk is going yeah. to be. Um, I mean, it's so it's it's a, a, at least in part developed by From Software, right? I don't think it was developed by them. I think they just published it. Silicon it, Studio and From Software, I have, uh, I, this is me reading Wikipedia, so like I'm not any kind of uh, uh, a- expert on this, but um, like what would stop another one of these games from coming out i don't think anything so my understanding of uh sil- like silicon studio when i was looking them up earlier i don't think they've published anything since like 2017 mm. um and i believe that this game started almost as like a tech demo to show to show off like middleware that silicon studio was developing and they ended up putting the game together in like 10 months for sony so um it was like middleware that they were showing off to show how easy it was to port something to the PlayStation 3. Interesting. And they ended up uh, just creating a full game out of it in like 10 months. And so it's just a cute little fun curiosity that um, you don't see much like it anymore. Seems like they also worked with uh, Square Enix on the Bravely Default and Bravely Second games. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. So I, I wonder if... Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it does seem like the... It's not a series, it's just the one game. Um, but yeah, it seems like it's it's probably just dead, but could come back. Well, and also, um, that's interesting that they worked on 
Bravely Default and Bravely Default 2 because I think no, like, Bravely Second. Bra- oh, Bravely, Bravely Default Second. 2 is a is the game that came out on Switch. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. You're right. I forgot. Uh, only because and I, I swear I, I'm not being pedantic. <laughs> no, no, no. That's important. But <laughs> yeah. o- but I think that's interesting only because those are also in that spirit of like uh, old school RPGs, yeah, right? Great point. Yeah. I mean, th- uh, this is like an old school Zelda game, like adventure game. But interesting that they're in that like, yeah, they're mind retro space to the past for yeah. sure. Um, uh, all right, great pick, um, uh, Mark. For my next pick, I'm look. I was looking at. Do you have a rhythm game on your list? I don't. Um, so this could have been kind of anything. This was the era during which my friends and I went rock band crazy, where we went uh, Guitar Hero crazy. I mean, Guitar Hero uh, three, right? Uh-huh. The, the the one that finally had the drum set. Um, and uh, bass, and they—I guess they all had bass. But was and that singing. World Tour? Maybe it was World Tour. I, yeah. I think three was like the great That's guitar right. hero. That's right. And then World Tour was when they when they the band o- opened stuff. it up. Yeah. yeah. Um. But instead, I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go right to DJ Hero. Um. Because it was a bizarre game when they were living large on uh, plastic peripherals that everyone could have in their house. DJ Hero had a turntable peripheral. Um that had like three little buttons on it and then like little sliders. Um, and so like, uh, and it, like the, the record was like a scratcher. Um, and the gameplay was uh, like in some ways like uh, Guitar Hero, but in other ways you had to like fade back and forth between the two tracks that they were like mashing together. And like, that meant that there were all of these like new and cool remixes of like pop songs with these like very DJ sounding and like it genuinely did it. Like if you didn't slide over, like Gwen Stefani was just going to be singing by herself without a beat under it. Um, so yeah, I, it was, it was a cool, bizarre little game with the uh, like a price point that didn't make any sense. Cause you had to buy this piece of plastic um, and a library that was like ultimately too small because they had to like get people to arrange these things. Um, but what a cool, weird experience, and especially when you lump it in with the rest of the uh, sort of rhythm renaissance uh, of the time, which, like, they try to bring back every now and then, but, like, is just not it's just not in the cards anymore. Yeah, you just can't, for whatever reason, recreate the uh, that time and place where yeah. we were all on board for it. We were I, peripheral crazy. Th- that's it, right? Is that, like, you don't want that those plastic guitars in your like because they look it doesn't matter like you can get the cool one it still looks <laughs> dumb in your living room right yeah totally oh man i uh, not uh dj hero but uh so many rock band and I like know. I uh, know. beatles rock band i mean so crazy that that exists i know but um i never played dj dj hero but i absolutely remember when it came out because yeah. it really was at the the crest of the wave totally that was these um like rhythm games uh that's so so did you have one did you have like a my DJ roommate hero? taylor had had dj hero that's yeah amazing. so um yeah it was uh it just in the pile of uh games that we all played together um and like it kind of went back and forth between being like uh a super fun very cool experience and being like kind of lame um which you know like is it's so much of uh whether you're enjoying it or not depends on like the quality of the remix and like the quality of the song to begin with um Whereas, you know, Guitar Hero is just like, oh, yeah, they just pick, like, the best songs. Um, Especially, like you said, Guitar Hero 3, where it's just like, yeah, it's all incredible stuff. And anyway, um, 
Yeah, so we, we had one. We played it a lot, um, and I really, really liked it, but uh, it's not a surprise to me that it didn't catch on. This was also coming out at, like, the exact same time that there was a Tony Hawk game that had that, like, uh, uh, the, the skateboard peripherals. Uh-huh. What was the name of that thing? Do you remember? Uh, no, I don't. So it was, like, Tony Hawk. It was, like, Ride or something? Ride sounds right. Let's see if I can Tony Hawk real ride. quick. Uh, yeah, Ride. Tony Hawk Ride. Uh, yep. Uh, and they they both had the same price point for uh for like the 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 peripheral, which is just it's just nuts. Yeah, can't remember what all the amendments are, but can absolutely remember the name Tony Hawk Ride. So <laughs> there we go. There are a lot of amendments. <laughs> <laughs> all right, my final pick is um games that you absolutely can play basically everywhere, and yet <laughs> I really truly want them on Switch. And uh, it's Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas. Yeah. I love... Uh, so Fallout 3 is my Fallout game. It's the first Bethesda game like uh, of this ilk that I ever played. And I put hundreds of hours into it. I scoured every part of the wasteland. I love Fallout 3. I... Um, like... Yeah, I, I love that game so much, but I played it so much that when New Vegas came out, even though I know New Vegas is supposed to be better, uh, I had put so many hours into Fallout 3. I started New Vegas, played it for like one or two hours, and was like, I can't do this again. Right. I um, just had this experience. Yeah, I just had this experience, and I can't devote another 200 hours to a video game like this right now. And so I've never played New Vegas, and I would love to someday, maybe when I get that mixable, mythical Xbox that I keep threatening to get, or maybe when they bring it to Nintendo Switch. Uh, and maybe they will bring it to Nintendo Switch. It is. Uh, it does seem strange that they wouldn't have like gone back and, and done that, right? The only thing I can think of is maybe like the... Uh, like the cart it would require was too big and they didn't want to pay the money for the bigger cart, but also just make them downloadable. Yeah. Which is what they, I mean, that, that is just what they do now. I mean, may, maybe the like, cause Bethesda is owned by uh, Microsoft now. now so yeah. maybe, maybe the, the uh, ship right. has sailed in that regard. Yeah, yeah. At the beginning of the generation, you know, we got Skyrim mm-hmm. uh, on switch and they, even, even after they were acquired, they put out like the uh, Skyrim, like anniversary edition or whatever it was that, uh, the upgrade to it yeah. on Switch. And I feel like there were rumors or like a trademark or a rating or something for like a Fallout collection or Fallout Vault that it was rumored to be Fallout 3 yeah. and maybe New Vegas for Switch, but nothing has ever come of it. Um, um, and what, what was the name of the... Uh, was it Outer Wilds? Uh, Outer Worlds. It's Outer Worlds. Yeah, yes. there we go. The, by Obsidian, who yeah. developed uh, New Vegas. Who is also owned by Microsoft who, at this point. Yes, that's yeah. right. And they announced an Outer Worlds 2, right. but Outer Worlds did get a port on Switch, and I did play that. I had a good time with it. Right. Um, but the uh, but it was no Fallout 3. But it is in the same vein as, Absolutely, as, as, as yeah. Fallout 3. Yeah. Which I guess is why I brought it up and not as some weird non sequitur. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is. It is very yeah. much like um, a Fallout game, but set in space. Uh, and remember the uh, the Fallout Vault Shelter? Oh yeah, Shelter Shelter um, came out on. It also came out on like phones on too, mobile. Right? Yeah, yeah, but it is like a mobile game. Free to yeah. play. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But came out on Switch. Yep. So there you go. Um, Mark, a great pick. I now we are to my final pick. 
and my final pick, I believe, will be coming to the Switch shortly. It is uh, rumored, based on what we saw uh, on a, a, a website. I'm referring, of course, to Metal Gear Solid 4 Guns of the Patriots. Oh, yes. Um, Mark, a Metal Gear Solid game that I have not played. I haven't played it for either. Um, I really, really, really love the first three Metal Gear Solid games. Um, I also never got around to playing five. So, you know. It, I feel like this is a Resident Evil type thing. Yeah, it is. Because we also really love Resident Evil. Yeah. Up to Resident Evil. Like, I played five. You and I tried to play six. Oh, boy. Yeah. We tr- and then yes. I've never played seven. And I haven't I played, played most of five. I played all of five. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, but Metal Gear Solid 4 is, by all accounts, the. Uh, end game of the Metal Gear Solid series, and then they made more games after it. But, like, that uh, it is, you know, 18 hours of nonstop, ridiculous fan service, um, both paying off and complicating mythology that had been built up over the course of three previous games. Uh, and because I wasn't an early adopter to the PlayStation 3, which is when this game came out, is early in the in the game's life cycle, uh, and because it's never been ported to anything else, I've just never played this game. Do you know that... Uh, I want to have these experiences, <laughs> Mark. Do you know I remember the Discord around uh, Metal, Metal Gear Solid 4, and I remember, because the PlayStation 3 used Blu-rays, right? And but the Xbox 360 still use DVDs, and so I remember them being like th- there being like memes, graphics on the forums sure. that were like, "Oh, how many like oh Metal Gear Solid Four was announced for Xbox 360, and they showed like 30 DVDs." Sure, and how like, many that's discs how many it you would take? Need. Right, and this game is notorious for like its cutscenes. The number of cutscenes, oh, the in- length of its cutscenes. Yeah. I, I believe there's a cutscene towards the beginning of this game that's like 57 <laughs> minutes long. And like, that sounds so exhausting <laughs> to me right now. But like, I'd like to, exp- you know what I mean? Like, I, I totally do. Yeah. I, I just I just would like to, both this and um, Peace Walker, um, the uh, PSP game, um, you know, sort of remain trapped on on those uh, specific platforms, uh, and they'll be presumably part of the uh, Metal Gear Solid Collection Volume Two Ma- Master. What what is it? Was the I name of this? I called. can't remember either. Um, but like, uh, they are like blind spots for me uh, uh, in a series that I really like. And then I wonder if I could play those and then be granted the peace to move on to Metal Gear Solid Five. Do you know what I mean? I do. I do. And maybe that, maybe that is also the ghost of um, uh, that Final Fantasy has on me that I mm. need. I need to play Final Fantasy Thirteen. You got again stuck on Thirteen before yeah. I before I can uh, move on to Fifteen and Sixteen. Before I can find peace. Yes. Uh. So. Uh. All right. Great. We we have our list. Should we recap them? Yeah. Let's do it. Uh. All right. We both had Dead Rising. Uh. And then I had Dead Space. And then I had. Street Fighter 4, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, Street Fighter Cross Tekken, and Street Fighter 3, Third Strike Online Edition. Uh, then I had... Final, what? Then I had Final Fantasy 13. I had Braid. I had 3D Dot Game Heroes. Then I had DJ Hero. And finally, Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas. And I had Metal Gear Solid 4, Guns of the Patriots. All right, Mark, let's close this out. Would love to hear from our listeners what uh, games from this era you would like to see brought over to the Switch. And uh, remember, we're keeping with the sort of realistic parameters, so no 
like first party uh, Sony. I mean, whatever. Who cares? Yeah, I'd love to play Infamous too uh, again. I'd, yeah, I'd, bring I'd, Halo Three over. Why yeah, not? Yeah, why not? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It would never happen. But like, yeah, let's put them on our lists. Um, so you can uh, hop into the Discord or email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com and let us know what notable games we missed. That's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Thank you so much to our 16-bit patrons, Connor McCabe and Patrice Millette. Thank you uh, so much for the support at that level. Um, Anthony DeLuca made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying thank you for listening. We'll